What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 131 <laughs> of the Rock Punch Cast as Will pops his heart out. It wasn't on purpose. <laughs> it was like, oh, wait, wrong timing. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron, of course. And with me today is the full power of the Rocket Punch team. Mm. Uh, first and foremost, of course, is uh, the partner in crime, Will. Will, what's going on, sir? Hi. Do you need a water? Or? I'm good. I've got, Give me a second. You sure? I'm good. Okay, okay. I just but, got a whole bunch of beverage, but... Also, the, the, the legend hasn't been here in a while. Humano, a.k.a. Chris... Tyrannosaurus! <laughs> <laughs> are we... Are we doing that? That's what I did. Okay. You guys can follow suit if you'd like, but... Mastodon. <laughs> I feel like I'm obligated to say that, but... I mean, you're not. Boo. Yeah, I'm not. You're right. I'm not. I'm not. I don't know about you, but it's a free country. <laughs> it is. Uh, it is. You can be whatever Power Ranger you want to be. That's... You know what? You guys... You're right. You guys are right. Um, 100% right. So, um... Will's not dying, so that's Damn great. It. Um... Chris, how, how are you doing? <laughs> I didn't know that about you, Chris. I'm Just doing great. It's a free country. Doesn't mean I'm not going to judge you. Yeah, I am doing great. I'm happy to be here. Um, Rurutu in chat says, "Hi, new guy. Are you there willingly? Blink three times if you need this to call." <laughs> oh, he's. I promise, he's completely here um, of his own volition. As he blinks, you know, religiously. I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> Uh, now, now, they said that they would play some Division this week. This, this feels like the only way that I get to group with them on Division. So, because I'm fully invested into that game for probably the next six <laughs> months, I figured I better show up. Yeah, we, we're, we're going to have some talk about the Division. We've got a pretty... Well, actually, funny enough, we've probably got two really big topics of this show. I saw that. Um, I'm really excited to kind of get a chance to talk with you guys about it as well. Everybody else is tuning in via Twitch, so... <laughs> Uh, let's get right into the show here, guys. First, of course, the housekeeping. If you did not know, this is the Rocket Punch Cast, where groups of friends come from all around to talk about video games in the microphones here at this table. Um, you can listen to us every Tuesday on your podcast service of choice. We're on all the big three, Apple, Spotify, Google, we're there, and more. So definitely search for us on your podcast service that you're using. Remember as well, guys... You can listen live as we record the podcast each and every Sunday over at twitch.tv slash rocketpunchlive. And we start usually around 8 p.m., 8.30 p.m. Depends on the topics and what's going on there each and every week. So make sure you're following us on Twitch so you know when we're going live. Um, if you want to know more about Rocket Punch, you want to see all the cool content we make, make sure you head over to rocketpunchgo.com. That is your one-stop shop for all things Rocket Punch videos movies no not movies but uh videos podcasts streams and a whole lot more are going to be right there at your fingertips and of course guys if you're enjoying what we're doing then make sure you head over to our patreon page over at patreon.com slash rocket punch for as little as a dollar a month you can get some cool awesome exclusive stuff and help support rocket punch keep the mics rolling keep the lights on and i'm going to take a little bit of time here specifically on the patreon section here um Number one, of course, we always also want to thank our producers here. So for everybody supporting us at our diamond tier or above, um, over on patreon.com slash rocket punch, we always give them special shout outs in our content. So a special thank you goes out to Chuck O'Brien, Jossie Moore, Sam Sugg, Jeremy Moses, Tyler Hughes, Steven Sanders, and Kim Sadar. Thank you guys so much for your continued support as well as everybody else tuning in um, or supporting us on Patreon and more. Specifically, I've got some stuff to talk about and show 
for if you if you if if you're not a patron member, you might want to tune into this. If you are a Patreon member, you want to tune in this as well. We got our goodies in for the loot box. They came in this past week. They've been pretty awesome. Uh, these are the these are the general stuff you're going to get in the loot box. I'm basically going over everything that you'll get in the loot box that we're going to mail here once we get everything boxed up. But of course, two stickers, Rocket Punch stickers. You guys can keep. Um, well, of course. I was going to say, I'm like, is there stuff they don't get to keep? That, that well, would be only quite get, a trip. You only get yeah. one of the stickers so, and then you get the other one. Sir, I'm no, here. No, no. You've had 30 days with that second sticker. I'm here to repossess. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're, we're going to repo the tape. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah go, coming after go. the box tape. Um, two lovely Rocket Punch magnets. Uh, these go on just about anything metal. We put them on our cars now, and they work even better than the stickers do. Yeah, it's, a, it's six ne yeah, next to my license plate. Mm-hmm. This wonderful Rocket Punch patron pin lets you know if for people who can't zoom in, I mean, you know what? This is the Rocket Punch show, so I can just go over here and um, look this lovely Rocket Punch pin. Look at you, look at you being in shape, getting out of your chair without grunting. Did you even know? <laughs> oh, do, do people grunt when they get out of the chair? I do. <laughs> I was not aware that that was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> you should see somebody about that. Yeah. Um, this. I, I think the name is. Uh, 24 Yeah. This lovely rocket punch. Pin, other side of Chapman Mountain. Yes. In, it may not go into focus here, but right yeah, there, there may be something closer. But, you know. On the list there with the pin. And I think probably one of our favorite things here. These are a few of our favorite things. Yeah, there you go. A lovely rocket punch. Oh, my God. Notebook and journal that you guys will get with our collegiate logo on there, on the front there. You can write about which one of us you have a crush on. Yeah, there you go. You know, any, anything you want. All right, it's it's weird how you, you go specifically to that. You can do your Cameron fanfic that you know you've been waiting to write, but you've been putting off just because you need to find the right journal for it. <laughs> now you can do it with a uh, journal that he actually designed. How about that? How about that? There you go. So um, and, and the pages are perforated, so you can then take them out and put them on your serial killer wall. Oh, oh God. God. <laughs> that's, that's thinking ahead there. That escalated quickly. <laughs> I'm sorry, you're shrine. You're shrine. <laughs> Let me correct. Um, but those items are um, part of our um, supporters that are supporting us at our platinum tier or higher, so that's everybody at the $5 level. Um, we've got the items in. We've just got to box them up, and then we'll be shipping them out, so you guys should expect those soon. And again, if you haven't looked at our Patreon page, you're um, liking our content, you want to help support us, that's definitely something that's a consideration as well. Uh, we provide a lot of great content, uh, digital and physical, to our patrons that help support us over on patreon.com slash rocketpunch. So if you're interested, definitely give it a ch check out and see if you want to help support us today. But everybody else, you should be expecting those sometime soon. Um, we'll have, and don't worry about those if you're in Twitch watching this as we record it, we'll have um, live high-res uh, photos of the items on, on the Patreon page so you guys can get a much better look at the items. Um, other than that, remember guys, oh, if you, um... A oh. funny thing, uh, General Palos, for those of us who are in Huntsville, can we pick it up to save you the shipping? We will gladly meet you. Yes. Yes. 1,000% yes. Let, let's talk in the Discord chat. <laughs> talk in Patreon chat there. Um, if you're watching this via video, we would also definitely appreciate it if you throw us your free Twitch Prime sub, or if you want to sub to our channel here on twitch.tv slash rocketpunchlive. A special thank you to Poonal, aka Chris, and General Palace for just resubbing with their Twitch Prime sub, so thank you guys so much for that. Um, and also, if you're listening via audio, make sure you please take a few minutes of your time to rate and review us 
on your service of choice. It takes five minutes to do, but it helps our discoverability and it helps give us the feedback we need to make better content for you guys. So take a few minutes to do that for us there. And of course, guys, if you want to be a part of the Rocket Punch community growing every single day, make sure you join our Discord channel. Um, if you're watching via Twitch, we'll throw it in the Twitch chat. Um, if you're listening via audio, we'll have it in the show notes for you as well. Um, upcoming events and announcements. Uh, game of the month, of course, this entire month of March 2019 has been uh, the Division 2 month. We've been having a whole lot of fun with the game. Uh, we're going to talk more about that in Table Talk here in a little bit. Uh, the movie of the month is Captain Marvel. Um, if you yep. want to know more about our thoughts on Captain Marvel, how all that went, what our impressions were, or kind of impromptu review of the movie, as well as how it's been doing, check out Southern Geek, our gaming culture podcast that we've also got over at rocketpunchgo.com. Geek and culture. Geek culture. Did, did, what did I you say? said gaming. This is the gaming culture podcast. I thought I said geek culture. I heard, I heard gaming. I, I, I don't know. You know what? I'm going to go back in the audio after we're done. I heard the mother no, with my vampire no, hearing. You're not. You're not going to do it. I'm not going to do that. I'm not doing it. Nobody's doing it. Somebody clip it. There you go. <laughs> oh, um, boy. Um, but uh, definitely check out Southern Geek. Uh, you can find out more about Captain Marvel and all other geek culture related stuff there that we talk about each and every week. Um, events. Um, we're kind of wrapping up March. We did all of our March events here. We're going straight into April. Uh, for people that are local, this is especially good for you. Um, some of the big events we are tracking now. Um, ChargerCon. It's a cool uh, gaming convention here in Huntsville, Alabama. That is April 6th. Uh, the Indie Alley will be there as well. So a lot of indie developers are going to come together and showcase their games. Um, oh, we'll likely be there. I think it's free to get in. So I'm definitely going to at least swing by. Yeah, if I'm um, off, I'll be there. And check it out. So you should definitely go over there as well. Um, they're definitely trying to build an awesome con. Last year, like the big gaming room where they had their conventions was awesome. Like They went all out in that room. Uh, so I'm definitely curious to see how this year is going to go. Um, the other two local meetups we've got going on for the month of April as well. Uh, we've got the board game meetup over at Sugar Bell on April 9th. That is specifically hosted by um, Carla in What's Good, um, not What's Good, Weird Giraffe Games. There you go. Um, she's a board game designer. Uh, we've had her on for a Creator Spotlight episode. Um, but we're, they actually do board game nights two, two, two days every month. Uh, actually just come down there, meet new friends, have fun playing board games. So we're going to be there on April 9th. Um, you should definitely check it out as well. And of course, guys, April 25th is when we're actually going to have our meetup for Avengers Endgame. We're going to be going to watch that movie, getting as many people as we can to go with us as well. Um, so definitely, those are two events. Uh, make sure you head over to our Facebook page. Um, if we get a chance, we might link those as well into the chat of those specific groups. So if you are local, you definitely don't want to miss those, especially the Avengers Endgame one. You, if even even if you don't know if you're going to go or not, at least mark interested on it as well because um, we're tracking when the tickets are going to go on sale. Hopefully they'll be up soon. Once they go on sale, we're basically going to be telling people go get these tickets right now because they're going to sell like <laughs> oh Ruru two. Um, no no no, half the audience didn't make it out of Infinity War. That's true. 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 Very true. Um, content we've got coming up this week. Uh, podcasts, of course, we've got Southern Geek, episode four. is going to be coming out this upcoming Thursday, so don't miss that. Don't miss out on that. I think we're, we talk about John Wick. We talk about, um, what do we talk about? I know John Wick was the fun one. Well, the other ones were fun, too. Uh, Netflix is pushing to the anime industry. Yeah. There you go. Uh, a lot of different um, geek culture conversations there, so and definitely then, don't miss out on that. Um, articles. 
Um, I we've I know one big one here. Um, I'm going to be releasing. We've got the Anthem review that's going to be out this week. Um, we've also got the um, Huntsville Comic and Pop Culture Expo article. I've got the pictures. I've just got to write that article up. Um, hopefully within the next few days, earlier this week. If nothing's too busy, we'll be writing that, and then we'll have that up on our website as well. Um, for patrons as well, within the next week before the end of the month, you should be expecting your Southern Geek bonus episode as well. And we've already given you the loot box update for everybody at our Platinum tier as well. So you should be ready and excited for that as well. Um, saying as well a lot. I don't know why I'm doing that. Uh, Twitch. Our Twitch streaming schedule for this week is going to be um, Tuesday. Uh, I think I'm going to jump back into some Apex Legends. I uh, haven't been there in a while. Um, we'll talk about some of the new developments with that game here in our um, news there but I'm pretty excited about that and then of course Thursday will because apparently he is the only one who can run this game reliably on a stream because of his eight cores of power 16 threads um, division 2 yes um, yes we will be doing that and with the power of the terrible tank terrible will impression yeah it really was I'm actually. not gonna let that slide <laughs> I was thinking about it and I was like you know what that really wasn't good it really yeah. he needs a lot more practice you know what Cam you're fired <laughs> 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 do you know how much I've sacrificed <laughs> get out of your own uh, home <laughs> <laughs> Your name's only on the mortgage. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but those are our streams that we'll be having this week, guys. Um, so definitely, um, again, follow us here at twitch.tv slash rocketpunchlive so you know when, we're, when we go live each and every weekday for you guys there. Ugh, I am done talking for a little bit. Oh, no. Now we've got the housekeeping out of the way. That means... We have to work, Chris. Oh, you got to prove your worth now. Um, uh, next session we got guys up is Table Talk. Uh, if you guys don't know, Table Talk is where we sit down, kind of talk about our gaming highlights for the week, as well as go over any relevant news and cool items that have been popping up in the gaming industry over the past week. So first and foremost, there's really only one topic we're going to talk about since this lovely gentleman is joining us this evening. Um, the Division 2 update. Uh, what has been going on with the Division 2? Mm, with you guys it's so good uh, yeah. it's so good <laughs> for people who don't know Chris has fallen deep into the it's Division 2 it's really bad um, I, was, I haven't fallen this hard into a game for so long <laughs> I don't even remember the last time it was this bad I got something to say first about that you promised us bells on Twitter and you have disappointed uh, it's true Sure, I'm not going to deny it. I, I, I was running late as it was. I was like, I'm not about to run up into the attic, into the Christmas boxes. And, <laughs> and just dig out all the sandbags. See what kind of bells I can grab. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Uh, no, I'm, I'm absolutely loving the game. It's super addictive. Uh, you know, General Palace here in chat has been hanging out with me about 90% of the time that we've been playing. Uh, I hit 30 yesterday morning, so I'm all very right. happy. Uh, I, I, still, I still have two... Uh, strongholds to wrap up before I unlock world tier one and uh you know the rest of the CTG clan is, is doing very good uh we yeah, have a lot are. of guys at a uh, world tier four already so so we are rocking and rolling through end game content it seems uh we're going to be ready for raids very shortly and uh I just love it, it it's just super addicting and, and it's just a fun game I can't put down it's it's rare that I've hit a game so hard like this but man it's it's just a blast love the game what is you weren't here when we talked about it and had kind of a discussion or impressions on it what's been your favorite what's been your favorite part of the game so far and your least favorite part of the game so far 
favorite part of the game, I would say, are the missions, especially the mid-game ones, I would say, right around level 10 to 15. Um, the, the missions where you're heading to the various museums, I thought they were really well done. Uh, they were really interesting and inventive when you have, like, the, the Mars area of the, uh, Space Administration Museum or whatever, and then you've got the, the Vietnam area of the, uh, the World, the American History Museum or what whatever we, it was. What, what do we call that, that gun again? The Freedom, freedom Cannon. cannon. Freedom, the freedom, freedom Cannon. Look, the man. Freedom Cannon. <laughs> I think I was the first one to say it, and I love it. I don't care... <laughs> I don't care if it overheats. It is the Freedom Cannon. <laughs> 50 caliber rounds of pure freedom coming right at you. It is good stuff. So uh, I would say that's my favorite. Least favorite. I don't like how the dark zone is basically pointless until you hit level 30. It's kind of a you bummer. You were talking about that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you can go and you can have a good time in it. You know, I've, I would say the one time that I went in there, we didn't even run across another player. So it made it really easy to level in the dark zone, but you don't gain any regular XP. So just dark zone XP. So you can unlock the ability to okay. carry more loot in the dark zone. So that way when you extract it, you can send more things at a time. But in terms of gear, the gear that's dropping is based on your regular level. So when you go at level 15 and you're enjoying the dark zone, yeah, it's cool that your stats are normalized, this, that, and the other. But at the end of the day, the gear is pointless until 30. You know what I mean? Like, you're, you're going to replace it within an hour's worth of playing afterwards. So even if you get something really quality, it's kind of wasted until, uh, you know... Have you, you hit 30 and try it again. Have you been in the dark zone now since you're level 30? I just hit yesterday, so I have not uh, had an opportunity to. Uh, I'm hoping to group up and go in with a few people rather than try and run and gun on my own because I can tell that's not going to go very well. It's going to be a lot of me <laughs> bleeding out on the ground in D.C., so... I think I will just wait on that. Uh, General Powell in chat says Division 1 was like that too, and you were 100% correct. I didn't really like that either, so... You know, I, the one thing I do like about it is it seems well locked down this time, especially on PC. So where we had a lot of hackers in Division 1 where they were, you know, changing the game code to give themselves superpowers. Like, that doesn't happen anymore, thank goodness. So uh, everybody that I've talked to, all the reviews I've seen and everything, everybody's saying that it's working properly and that nobody has any unfair advantages, which is nice, you know. I mean, that's kind of the goal, right? It is. Yeah. It is. Good. Indeed. Okay. Um, Will, any new experiences you've had in the division? Um, I'm only level 22. I've seen what it feels like to have your weapons boosted and your armor not boosted and get wrecked. Uh, you know, because I was playing with this cat. I have found that you level a lot faster when you're playing with friends. Yes. 100% yes. Um, I, I we all have large backpacks. All, all of us level 30 guys have got large backpacks. <laughs> we are more than willing to take on new members and get you guys up. Cool. I'm only like 22, so I got a ways to go. That's not bad. We'll, we could have you there by the end of the week. Yeah. Well, Easy. I mean, we're only going to be doing a stream later this week, too. So, you know. I mean, you know. wouldn't it be cool if we did it right there on stream and then clipped it out? And oh, man. That's <laughs> Cam types notes furiously. Yeah. This is always, always be typing. Um, okay, typing and writing. Um, pretty pretty quick update. I'm, I'm definitely curious because I'm. I think I thanks to his help last night I hit level 18. So hopefully 
I can get the rest of the way there. I'm curious to hear more thoughts from you. Well, I'm, um, I'm planning um, on writing a review. I started it today. I'm over a page in. So. Okay. Oh, good. Yeah, so oh, maybe man. one or two more pages, and then I'll go through and edit it, it, it and maybe by the as, end of the week. It needs to be as long as the Anthem patch notes are going to be this week. Oh, no. No. <laughs> it won't be that long. If you, do you want a video? No. Do you want to finally put some YouTube effort in? Or would you like it to just be written? Because if you just want it written, we can get that done. But if you want a YouTube video on top of that, hashtag no. Hashtag hell no. That won't be happening. Hashtag F no. I'm just saying, you know, I, I would rather get the YouTube video out. So I'm kind of just trying to push through, get it done, edit it myself, send it to you. Get it, you know, okay. reworked and then put it together. Well, that's enough of our highlights. Let's go through the news. There's been a lot of news that's happened. I know that um, the big one, the Anthem patch notes, uh, the Persona 5, the Royal got announced this week. Um, since we have such huge topics of the show this week, um, I whittled down the news a little bit. So we've only got three items this week, but these were definitely worthy enough to at least talk about in the show. Uh, number one... The Nintendo Direct news that popped up. So, uh, Nintendo had another kind of Nindies Direct that came out this week. Uh, and it was very interesting. I think the big game that came out of that, we want to talk about number one, is that Cuphead is coming to Nintendo Switch. Yep. And specifically, they're bringing it via Xbox Live as well. What does that mean? That Xbox Live is coming to the Switch. Uh, you will actually, uh, from what I've seen and um, been hearing, you will be able to get achievements, Xbox Live achievements, okay, all that other stuff. That's nice. By playing Cuphead on your Switch. Okay, I'm okay with this. Yeah, I'm down. Here's here's the problem, Nintendo. You didn't put up an achievement system in your. You stuff. know, but I don't think Nintendo has to. They could honestly just let Microsoft do their online if they wanted to. Sure, absolutely. And I'd just be, be fine like, with you know that. what? Hey. Any of subscriptions that come from us, give us 10%. Yeah. And you know what? They would still make more money than they're making right now. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that too. Now that, that sounds like a plan. But um, There's one other thing I want to talk about real quick. Go ahead. Did you guys see Overland? Okay, yes. Let's talk about that. What did you think? It looks really cool. Um, Overland is one of the games that I actually got to play over at um, PAX South. Mm. Okay. Um, it's by Finji. It's the guys that are... They did that Fox game, Tunic. Oh, yeah. yeah it's the same. Uh, the publishers, they're also publishing Overland as well. Okay. Pu uh, Overland is very, very cool. It's like this survival turn-based strategy game. Yeah, okay. Or turn-based RPG. Yeah. This is the best way of saying it. It was really, really cool. I now I know what um, you guys are talking about. Yeah. But, yeah, there were a lot of game games announced for Nintendo. Uh, My Friend Pedro, The Red Lantern, Darkwood, Katana Zero. I know... Um, what was the other game? Uh, Stranger Things 3, the game uh, Blaster Master Zero 2. Brad. Right, yep. Uh, Cadence of Hyrule. That was Crypt cool. of the Necromancer featuring The Legend of Zelda. That was really interesting. Very interesting. You can interesting. actually play as Zelda. Yep. It, what's it like, the dancing rhythm game? I still need to play that. But um, it is um, all those games, a full list of those games are posted um, in Twitch chat for the Twitch viewers and, of course, in our... Um, uh, show notes for the podcast listeners as well. Uh, the, basically, go watch those videos. Those are all the games that got announced over at the Nintendo Showcase there. Uh, number two, a really interesting one, uh, but one we kind of expected. We had to hear something about it soon. Um, Sony has announced kind of the reason why they're pulling out of E3 uh, is State of Play. 
Um, they're now doing what's called State of Play, which is, I mean, basically a Nintendo Direct. It's Let's just... Let's not even kid ourselves here. Yeah, it um, literally... Actually, by audio listeners, by the time you're listening to this episode, it should have already been streamed or played. Um, 4 p.m. Central, March 25th. I'll read um, directly from the PlayStation blog here by Sid Schumann, uh, the director of social media. Uh, glad to finally be able to talk about this. Today we're introducing a new video program called State of Play. And the first episode kicks off Monday, March 25th at 2 p.m. Pacific Time. A State of Play will give you updates and announcements from the world of PlayStation. Our first episode will showcase upcoming PS4 and PSVR software, including trailers, new game announcements, and new gameplay footage. You can watch live on Twitch, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook worldwide. And we'll be offering up the VOD edition shortly after the episode airs. And this is just the beginning. State of Play will return throughout the year with more updates and announcements. See you Monday. What do you guys think about Sony taking the kind of Nintendo approach to this? I'm kind of okay with it. It lets them talk about things at their own pace like Nintendo does. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing. Nintendo is still going to do their Treehouse Live at E3. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. It's not going to Whereas Sony said, forget E3. We'll just talk about everything here. And I think that may end up putting them in a bad spot. And let Nintendo and Xbox fill in the vacuum around E3. I agree. Mm -hmm. I agree. I don't feel like that is a... I feel like it should be a complement to your E3 rather than a replacement for your E3. Yeah. Even though Nintendo pulls way back, they still do uh, direct and then they'll have Treehouse Live all day. Mm -hmm. And they've got such extravagant E3 booths as yes. well. They're, uh, what, what was the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild one like two or three years ago? They had the Mario one last year. Is that right? I don't remember. No, I don't before. either. I can't remember. But uh, the, even with their Nintendo Directs, they still have a very strong presence. Uh, Sony, I, I feel like what they may try and do is do like a state of play during E3. And then have like their own like streaming show. Like they'll, after the show, they'll stream but in like a PlayStation location off site somewhere. Mm -hmm. So that way they don't have to pay anything. Um, do you think... But they're not exactly hurting for money. It's, I don't know. It just seems silly to me. It does. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, why Why would you say that the, the arguably the largest of the big three, you know what I mean? The, the most prominent of the big three this generation, for them to go, we're not doing it because it's too expensive. <laughs> it, just, well, it just looks like a reach to me. It seems well, silly. They didn't, I don't think they said it because it was too expensive. They said because they didn't have enough content. Because they're yeah, focusing they're, on the end of the PlayStation 4 life cycle and getting yeah. the 5 going. Mm. Um, and we, we'll definitely see. Maybe we get an announcement on the PS5 closer to E3, maybe? I mean, we know Microsoft is going to go ham. They are going ballistic. They Nintendo's going to Nintendo. It doesn't yeah. matter. They're going to do what they want, and people will still buy the hell out of it. Yeah. Yep. So, it's really... The onus is going to be on Microsoft to make them go, oops, we shouldn't have not been there. Yeah. That's true. I'm, I'm curious. We, right, me too. We've we got excited. plans for E3. We're working on we're, E3. We're cooking in the kitchen. Um, so I'm really excited. I'm really interested to see how this E3 comes up because, you know, Sony's out. EA still across the street doing their thing. And now I don't even think they're doing a press conference anymore. Um, I think the only Ubisoft still is going to do theirs. Going to have a Nintendo Direct. Probably going to have a state of play. Well, Ubisoft, of course. I mean, they got to they got to get out of Just Dance twenty twenty or whatever. So, how else how <laughs> else do you unveil Just Dance if not at E three? I don't know. What makes that funny is you're right. 
I mean, they're, they're going to have some weird... 1,000% right. Ooh, I want... Now that we've got, like, this new trippy um, Far Cry, I want a new Far Cry Blood Dragon. Ah, that would be... That would be Blood dope. Dragon 2? <sighs> Please. Oh, I... Um, Blood, I uh, no. I want Watch Dogs 3. Mm. I, I don't know. It, it almost feels like it's too soon. Really? I could agree with that. Yeah, because... 2015. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it came out in 2015. I don't know if that came out in 15 or not. It's got to be like 17. Google check. Right? It's got to be 2017. It wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't 2017. I'm Had to have been. 2016. Okay. Split the, split split the, the difference. difference. <laughs> but I yeah. think it would be a great... Um, uh, people have um, rumored about it that it would be a great in-between between Assassin's Creed Watch Dogs. Assassin's Creed Watch Dogs. Very much in the Call of Duty mm. cycle. Um, and then what are you throw out doing? Far Cry and everything else in between. Oh boy! Oh god! Oh, see uh, <laughs> soul. He's the guy that you kept beating in the rap battle Jackbox party pack thing. Besides me, uh, <laughs> um, he's but, getting savage on that, bro. He did get savage. He got savage. I'm, near the I'm end honestly there. surprised we haven't banned CSO soul for how savage he was. <laughs> <laughs> Like he, he was, was actually insulting. No, he, he it was, was insulting. It was intense. Much. It was oh, intense. Wow, okay. Yeah, wow. it's like I don't know. We may have to take his mod skills away. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we'll, we'll definitely see what the state of play is. Um, hopefully, the next episode next week we'll talk more about it and see if anything of substance gets announced. Um, and honestly, from the blog, it sounds like it's just going to be some updates and some games, maybe some dates. It's got they got to have something for it though. Why would you? Why would you announce that you're going to start doing this and not bring something to the Death, table? Death Stranding coming out 2019. I don't know about that. <laughs> that is definitely that. that was a good. Joke, that is Greg. definitely a PS5 launch title. That, that was a really good joke. Um, number three, our final item here on the news. Here, um, wanted to bring it up because I know there are a lot of fans of the game out there. Um, Apex Legends has introduced and talked about their Battle Pass for Season 1. Um, this one comes to us from PCGamer.com. Uh, Philip Palmer wrote up a little article about that. I'll read a little bit of it. Uh, the first Apex Legends Battle Pass is here, bringing a bunch of new weapon skins and rewards along with it. Much like when you pick up a Mozambique as your first weapon after a drop, I'm glad there's something here, but the offering is a little disappointing. Um, the Battle Pass is 950 Apex coins, which is about 10 bucks. While the Battle Pass bundle will shoot you right to level 25 for 2,800 Apex coins, or about $30. Coins don't translate directly to dollars because they're only available in static bundles, so expect to spend a little more or less depending on how many Apex coins you're already sitting on. Um, this is very much, a, a, there's a whole lot more in the article. Um, if you want to see the details and what is coming in that Battle Pass and what you get, definitely check out the link. I think you guys already put it in chat. You should yep. did. Um, but it's... I wanted to bring this up because uh, Apex Legends is a popular game. Uh, battle Pass has been like a popular offering for these battle royale games. Mm -hmm. Do you do you guys have any thoughts on battle passes in general? And like, do you think they're great? Do you think they're a great type of uh, post-launch content for games? It's hard for me to really pass too much judgment on them because they're free-to-play games. So it's like, I think the Battle Pass from everything I looked at looks silly and not all that great. Kind of expensive for what you were getting. But at the same time, it's like, it's a free-to-play game. You know what I mean? So really, you should be able to monetize it whatever way you want to. When at the end of the day, the consumer will decide. If nobody buys the Battle Pass, maybe they'll come up with something better or improve it the next time around. Maybe a bunch of people will buy it and then they don't have to change anything and they just made a bunch of money off of literally nothing. I don't, you know what I mean? It's 
it's one of those things where I think you get a lot more freedom to charge whatever you feel like charging for whatever content you feel like putting out there because of the fact that you didn't pay anything to get the game out there in the first place. You know? Fair. I'm, I'm curious because uh, Battle Pass, it's a, it's a cool idea, and I know, like, the people that have it, of course, are Fortnite and Apex Legends are big juggernauts there. Mm -hmm. um, I think there are awesome, nice little packages when done right. Um, you know, in I, especially the Apex Legends, I don't know about Fortnite, but I like the fact that you can, you don't have to buy it with real money mm. if you generate enough coins in the game, which, which amounts to like, if you play a whole lot of these games, mm -hmm. you could potentially just get the thing for free. Oh, Les Inc. in, uh, chat said the same thing. His son was able to get the Battle Pass 8 by completing things in Battle Pass 7. Yep. And I know even, like, I know... For Fortnite, they were there was a big push for this specific battle pass last time because Apex Legends was coming out, mm -hmm. was pulling so many users away. So they're like, "Oh well, here's how you can get it for free if you do all this stuff and complete these challenges." But that's still a really cool idea because mm -hmm. I don't think the battle passes are really supplementing a lot of money. People are still paying money on the microtransactions alone. Battle passes aside, mm -hmm. um, that's just extra icing on the cake there. So, truth. Um, it's, it's pretty dope. Let we, light on the news, light on everything, because like I said, guys, we've got two big topics of the show, and we're going to start talking about them right now. Um, our second topic of the show, giving you guys a quick tease, is about the Epic Game Store, and maybe some backlash that goes into that, and kind of checking in on that. And it was an interesting article that I read, but we'll talk more about that later. Number one is the article or the big thing that happened this week that we're here to talk about, it's Google Stadia. Um, for people who were maybe hiding under a rock this week, uh, Google at the Game Developers Conference over in San Francisco this past week uh, introduced their entire, kind of, they revealed their plans for the streaming plan and um, what their game streaming service looked like. Um, for people who participated way back when, it was the Project Stream, uh, like October, November last year. Um, Kotaku has a really good breakdown of the article. I'm going to read a little bit of that just to kind of get a primer for people who don't know much about it. Um, this article is um, Google Unveils Gaming Platform Stadia from Stephen Totillo over at Kotaku. Um, tech giant Google is getting into gaming in a big way with a direct challenge to the giants of console and PC gaming. It's called Stadia. Former Sony and Xbox executive and current Google gaming boss Phil Harrison detailed the platform today at an event in San Francisco during the Gamers Developers Conference, saying it would link all the way people play games. The core of it is that it'll be a gaming platform that runs via streaming, no console or PC needed, and no games downloaded or running on a disc at the user's end. Harrison and a host of other presenters boasted of high-end gaming running in 4K and 60 frames per second, streamed across Google's network to any screen you can think of. Quote, this new generation of gaming is not a box, Harrison said. It will launch later this year, first in the U.S., Canada, the U.K., and Europe. Crucially, Harrison and the others assembled presenters, and the other assembled presenters did not say how fast users' internet speeds would need to be to get the high sky perform the sky high performance hyped throughout the event, let alone to enjoy multiplayer games that run entirely via streaming. Um, and then the, there's more information there. Um, oh, actually, I'll, I'll read that. This is relevant to our conversation. Uh, previous game streaming services such as OnLive have offered similar hardware-free or hardware-light propositions mm. 
but didn't hit it big in part due to users' discomfort, distrust, or dissatisfaction with connection lags. Great minds. Google, Google argues that its custom hardware network can offer high enough quality gaming to satisfy and even convert people used to buying games on disk or downloading them. The company prototyped the Stadia Tech last fall by allowing users of a program called Project Stream to play Assassin's Creed Odyssey in a Google Chrome browser. We had tested it ourselves and were impressed. The service had required users to have download speeds of at least 15 megabits per second in latency of 40 milliseconds or less. And then they also add an update to this article. Um, a Google, Google PR rep tells Kotaku that Google's Project Stream was able to provide 1080p 60 frames gameplay for users with 25 megabits per second connections. Quote, when Stadia launches later this year, we expect to be able to deliver 4K 60 frames per second at approximately the same bandwidth requirements, they said. Um, there's a whole lot more to this article. It's really big. We're probably going to discuss bits and pieces that we've seen from the um, video ourselves and our thoughts on this throughout the show. Um, of course, if you guys are tuning in, we definitely want to hear your guys' thoughts on this matter as well. But guys, 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 whoever wants to start first, what do you think about Stadia? So, I think it's really freaking cool. I also found out that my TV has a Chromecast built into it, so I'm good there. Really? Yeah, my, That's my, uh, dope. my XBR that I bought, it, it's the Android TV with uh, Chromecast built into it. Nice. So I just need the controller. Yeah. That's dope. That mm. is. Yeah. That's another reason why I'm not getting the uh, Shield TV now. Oh, okay. It's like, oh, well, I don't need a Chromecast. Wonderful. Cool. So, yeah, I'll at least give it a shot. I want to see. Based off these numbers, my internet will be just fine. <laughs> Yes, same, same. Yeah, um, I'm so excited about it. I think it's actually a huge game changer. I know you and I had talked a few months back, and I had told you that, you know, I hope that Microsoft comes out with something very similar to what Stadia looks like it's going to pull off, mm -hmm. where it's just a game and an imaginary cloud place that you can play on anything. No holds barred. If I'm at a friend's house, I can play the game. If I'm on my phone, I can play a game. If I'm on the bus, I can play my game. Now, obviously, that's going to depend on network reliability or whatever, but I've always wanted it to be easy. I, I didn't want to have any issues playing games. That's half the reason that I bought the uh, NVIDIA Shield. You know, being able to stream games from my computer in my office out to the TV in 4K, 60 frames per second, minimal to zero lag. I mean, obviously, in this case, you're talking about 10 feet instead of a few miles or 100 miles or however long away the uh, node is yeah. that Google is going to place here for us to be able to game off of. But still, the just the concept of being simple. You know what I mean? I, I'm a big fan of reducing barriers. There, there should not be anything between me and playing a video game. I shouldn't have to deal with loading screens. I shouldn't have to deal with installations. I'm ready for all this to go away. Anything that was causing problems, I, I don't need any more problems in my life. So, even though all of us are PCMR tier uh, with our rigs, I have to say, if it means I don't have to fiddle with things... To oh, totally, here, dude. Totally. I will gladly give that up. And yeah. I'll just use it as an editing machine. It, it is such a pain in the neck to know that we all have division, and that you're the only one that can stream it, because Cameron and I, I guess, don't 
don't have powerful enough computers. I'm running an i7 overclocked to 4.2, and I've got a 1070 in it, and I'm still like seeing micro stutters and trying to stream it. That doesn't make any sense to me. Whereas if you do it on this new system or whatever, Google's like, we're going to port your stuff right out of YouTube. You're going to take one stream and get to play it, and the other one's already going whether you like it or not. You're, you got 4K 60 frames per second going straight to YouTube to be able to stream. That's stupid. That's fantastic, dude. To have that kind of ease of use and not have to worry about simple things, you know? Having to upgrade your graphics card every few years, Google's like, nah, man, we're ready for 8K 120 FPS. Just give us some time. The whole thing was intended to scale like crazy, and you not having to worry about any of the in-between on that. So my bet is the 8K 120 frames. I bet you they're waiting on the Navi chips from AMD. You think so? They're using AMD graphics. Cards. They are absolutely. They're using AMD mm. Vega chips. For this. Some of some of the specs. Um, they didn't go into too much detail on the specs, but some of the numbers they did throw out of this. Um, they are for their. They've got Stadia hooked up to their data center. So basically, the data centers that are driving your search results on Google and have been driving them for the last two decades. A Stadia is being powered by these. Um, they have a custom AMD GPU. Um, that is 10, 10.7 teraflops of GPU power, which um, which was a nice jab during the show that they brought up the PS4 and the Xbox One teraflops and said, Google Stadia is more powerful than the top two combined. console competitors combined. 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 That's outrageous. Um, that's outrageous. And that's some ra radical numbers and probably the reason they're able to get 4K 60 frames, probably so silky smooth. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You're going to have to brute force your way through it. But if you've got one company that's going to be able to pull off brute forcing your way through something, the multi-billion dollar corporation that is Google. That's a good place to start. Yeah, it's, like, absolutely. If you guys, as long as they take this seriously, which it surely seemed that way from the press conference, that they are going to, you know, come at this at a thousand miles an hour and not necessarily hold back, if that's their plan... They, they will succeed. If you throw enough money at any problem, you will succeed. We could end world hunger tomorrow if we tried hard enough. You know what I mean? I, I don't want to... Uh, some of these comments are pretty good in chat. Keep them coming. I want to bring up some that um, Les Inc. and uh, JMO in Twitch chat were bringing up. Um, uh, Les Inc. says, based on, on live that I used, when it works, it works great. When it doesn't work, it sucks. Um, and JMO apparently is not a fan of on live because he said on live did suck. Because he's hoping it's better than what OnLive was. Um, what do you... This is not the first streaming service mm -hmm. that we've had. We've had OnLive. I think... Wasn't Ouya? No. No, Ouya we, was an Android was TV console. Weird, okay, it was some other yeah. type of console. OnLive, yeah. I know, was the big one. OnLive was a big one. Um, um, well, PlayStation Now. That yep. That is a current active game streaming service. Mm -hmm. GeForce Now. GeForce Now. Um, we tried it on this guy over Cam's Wi-Fi, and it's hot garbage here. I've not tried it I've, at my house. I've done it physical on my Shield TV. It it's not hot garbage, but well, no, there I'm saying is, on Cam's Wi-Fi here. Right, right. But I'm saying at my house on hardlined internet, GeForce Now. I tried, mm -hmm. and uh, it's it's not hot hot garbage, but it's not 
it's not the experience you want. It's, you not, know like, what it's, I mean? not, it's not like playing on a 1070 or newer. Right. It was like I was explaining to you. Uh, I was telling Will that Doom, uh, I was trying to play Doom over the shield. And for some reason, it kept launching on my second monitor instead of my first monitor. And it wouldn't stop being a pain in my neck. So I could play Doom on GeForce Now because all it does is verify that you own the game. And then it doesn't cost you anything. It's just like, okay, cool. Here, go play it then. So it was nice as like a backup situation. Mm. So that way, no matter what, I could play Doom, even if my computer was giving me a hard time, which again, it's all about ease of use for me. But it definitely wasn't the experience that, you know, it would have been had I just walked into my office and played Doom on the computer rather than trying to play out in the living room. But with the, with services like OnLive, it's happened in the past. Like, what do you guys think... What what can Google learn in order for Stadia to succeed? What can they learn from OnLive and from some of these other companies um, there? I, I would say it's not what they can learn, um, but the fact that they have more nodes in their network. So as an example, um, Stevenson, Alabama, they're putting a data center in there and an old power plant because the TV, uh, what was it, TVA? Yeah, they're shutting it down. And so they're buying up the rights to use that property as a data center. Which means we're literally going to be, what, 50, 60 miles down the road from a Google data center. That's going to be nice for for everybody in North Alabama who wants to play these games because, I'm sorry, that's great for the internet infrastructure in and out of North Alabama. Mm -hmm. That's going to be great for node access because you know they're just going to be like, yeah, YouTube, Google Drive, and this. Yeah, you guys can just leech off that into the main hub. Right. You know, it's going to be nuts. So for North Alabama, this is great. But what about for everybody else? What about for... If you're close to a hub, it's going to be great. Um, the I, big I, issue is going to be latency. That's and always pain. the thing, right? So as soon as it started getting announced, there was so much negative press about it. Like, I don't live in an area that offers this. I don't live in an area that I can get in internet access that fast. I don't this. I don't that. It's like, we can't hold up innovation because you don't have access to it right now. Like, I don't know what to tell you. I'm sorry that you don't have internet access. Hopefully you will get it soon. We didn't get gigabit until a couple of years ago here in Huntsville. Uh, shorter than that. But you know what I mean? Like, uh, Hopefully yeah. you will get it very soon. But at the same time, Google can't just sit there on the sidelines and be like, well, there's people in the Midwest who can't get over 10 gigabits or 10 megs in a second. So I guess we should just hold off on this entire concept. You can't do that. Come on. You got to uh, just yeah, no, jump I, I, in. I agree. That's the whole point of... Early adopters, when you you know when when new consoles are released at the beginning, guess what? The people who buy them on day one are the early adopters. Oh yeah, that we, yeah. we we're the beta testers. We get to test stuff out for you guys. So you know, is the console working? Is there a red ring of death? No. Okay, awesome. We're gonna we're gonna sneak in here. We're gonna get this taken care of for you. Um, well, I mean, to be fair, it's hard to uh, argue as far, as far as all of that. Just because, oh man, the Chromecast is already a console. Your Chrome browser is already the console. And it, that's kind of dope. And I know one of the big things that a lot of people have talked about, uh, Lessing brings a good comment, is, I'm going to piggyback off of that, is Google has money. They're a multi-billion dollar company. Yeah, you can't compare OnLive, right? Because yeah. OnLive didn't have a tenth, Great. a hundredth of the OnLive, kind of... OnLive was ahead of its time. Uh, way ahead. Um, it's, it's so hard to even compare anybody else to it. I actually feel really bad. There's a company in Texas 
The name of the company is Shadow. I don't know if any of you heard of it. Will, you might have. It was on a Linus Tech Kids yeah, video. It was. And it was so cool. And they're talking about how how they're, they were basically planning the exact same thing, where it was a little bit more advanced in a sense that you're actually getting almost a virtual desktop to be able to connect to right. that had its own dedicated GPU, its own you know 64-thread CPU, and all this other stuff that it was oh. doing. Uh, sorry, Will. Really sorry, is, uh, Hold on. sorry, sorry about that, Will. <laughs> yeah, sorry about the raw power of uh, Shadow over here. So, uh, it, it was a really great concept, but they kind of ran into the same issue of money because they were like, it's only available in these 12 states or whatever, and we're hoping to bring it to more states in the future. And now they are going to get absolutely thrashed because they, they had gaming was definitely a high, uh, point of interest that they were going toward and now it's like there's no way they could put that kind of node infrastructure into place in anywhere remotely close to the amount of time that it's going to take Google to do the same thing. Yeah, yeah Google's going to be flipping switches and code in their data centers and be like alright cool we're just going to as needed we'll just scale up. Yeah. Because uh, they've already paid for the infrastructure. <clears throat> JMO in chat asks uh, how much will it cost and even less ink piggybacks on that as well. Uh, Lessing in chat says, Google will learn from OnLive. Uh, number one lesson, get as many games on the system as possible. So yeah, I'm curious on the payout on this. I swear to you, they will see the only route as some type of YouTube-style payout system, uh, parentheses, adds to pay the games played the most. Um, that is one thing that wasn't discussed at all. Uh, they said that we're going to have more news in the summer um, with money, payout, um, how... How much is this service going to cost? What's the structure going to be? Mm -hmm. um, what What do you guys think? Do you think... What's the strategy they should go with? Well, at least that you guys would appreciate or like or to get you on board. They need to do a subscription service. Yeah. Subscription. They yeah. have to. Because at the end of the day, if they don't do a sub and you're buying each game for regular full retail price... I just don't see it staying around long enough because not enough people are going to do that when they could just go buy the disc down the road. Mm -hmm. and, and I hate being that guy because on PC, we're already all in on digital. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's no going back, really. How many people actually produce CDs for, or DVDs or Blu-rays for gaming rigs? Mm -hmm. As far as I know, our three gaming rigs don't even have disc drives. Um, yeah, mine doesn't. No. Yeah. Uh, as I look at Cam's rig. I have, a, I have a spare that I can at least pull out of the closet. Yeah. CSL in chat says they should give it away for free. Uh, <laughs> that would be awesome. Game developers sure. would not accept free 99. <laughs> because CSL, as a game dev, you know you got to make that money. Yeah. Now, that, that's going to be the issue that they're going to run into. It's going to be... I, I don't see any way of them not doing it as a subscription-based service mm. and instead doing a service where you have to buy the thing and then also buy the games. I, I just don't see a world where that exists. The issue is going to be, though, what devs are going to be willing to jump on board with this thing. It's hard to say. I think you're going to miss a lot of your indies. I think you're going to miss a lot of you your... You think indies won't be on there? I, I mean, high-profile indies will be. Your Super Meat Boys, maybe even your Astroneers. But your your lower, you know, uh, lesser-known indies, like your uh, Crypto the Necro Dancer kind of guy, I don't, I don't see a world where Crypto the Necro Dancer I, I, goes I'd on there. I'd be curious about it, because one thing they did tell as well is that um, this fully supports the Unreal Engine and Unity, which are the two most popular game engines in there. And I love, and I know that Chuck O'Brien loves Unity. He is big fan, big fan, favorite. Um, and so it, I'm curious if it's not. <laughs> I'm curious no, if like, what, no, no, no. no. I, I mean, let's be real here. 
He, he, he's actually a shareholder for Unity. <laughs> what, what, the thing is, I'm curious if if it's so widely used. I guess my question, my thought on that, and if I can answer that, is 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 it there some way? How? What's the process? If I'm making a game, an indie game, in Unreal or in Unity, because probably more the probably the route a lot of indies are going. You guys tell me. Um, how easy is it for me to integrate my game into Stadia? If that's jumping through hoops, red tape, stuff like this, a smaller indie games, I don't think you. I think, I think you'd be right. They're not going to be jumping in. But if it's like I a couple even, of button presses or clicks or whatnot, then maybe that might be easier if it's easier for them. I don't, I don't even think it's going to be a matter of ease. I just think that their payout's going to be total garbage, and it just won't be able to pay the bills for them. You know what I mean? Like, I think that if 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 EA or Ubisoft comes to the table, Google's going to be like, whatever you want. If we can get this stuff, like, par and parcel with the console release, absolutely, 100%. That's where we want to be. We'll give you as much money as we are, we've got, you know what mm-hmm. I mean, to make this happen. Whereas, if you're coming to them with a game that no one's ever heard of from a developer that no one's ever heard of, Google's going to be like, <laughs> I mean, we don't mind having it on here. We would love to have it, but we just can't pay you. You're, you're, the amount of money that you're going to make on this is going to be so minimal. There's just nothing we can do. And for some indies, that may be enough, because some indies just don't know if they're going to succeed or not on Steam or whatever marketplace they come to. So they may be willing to take that risk of a couple of pennies rather than zero. Especially early on because if a lot of smaller indies jump on as early adopters... And, you know, because I know one of the big things that Indies talk about with Steam is that your game could get drowned out. Absolutely. So many games that are on there. Oh, yeah. If you're coming in this brand new platform and you're one of the few games that are on there, like it's an indie game, it's part of your subscription fee... And it's even generally halfway fun or interesting to people, that could blow up for them. Yeah, that's actually what Les Inc. here in uh, chat says as well. A no name developer could go to much more viral effect from a game that's picked up for you that makes it easy for people to get. Yeah. And so that that's an opportunity there, but I guess we haven't been privy. Uh, maybe if you were at the GDC itself, maybe they went into more detail with game developers. But we haven't been privy to, like, those are valid questions. Like, as a game developer, what is that payout? You know, is it something where Google's just pulling, you know, at first or just like, here, we're going to sign a bonus if you put your game exclusively on our platform for whatever reason. Um, it, what does what that payout? It Because that, that's a big thing for game developers, especially small ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, but also the other big thing as well is that the, the temp, could the tempting part that, this will be on any device. My phone, my tablet, my laptop, my desktop, my TV. There's no other gaming device that gets that type of access. Absolutely. I, I, I think At least not yet. We still got to hear about xCloud at E3. That's true. And that's going to be the big thing. Will Microsoft do it better? That's the question, isn't it? The only thing I will say, though, it, the one thing I really, really, really liked, and I was hoping we would get to this next, is uh, the plan from the Google standpoint. They're not just bringing games. 
there are people thinking outside of the box going, what could we do to change the gaming experience? What are the kind of inventive and creative things that we could bring to the table that no one else has thought of or that they may have tried in the past, but we could do it 10 times better because of the infrastructure we have set up. So things like the game state share, state share, right? Oh, yeah. The so ability you to can be like, hey, take this and then share it. Yes. And be like, hey, beat my time. Exactly. Cool idea. Really cool idea. And something that, you know, some of my favorite uh, YouTubers, because, you know, I'm a big YouTube guy. I watch a lot of YouTubers. So, like, the completionist who is known to be a, a pretty excellent uh, gamer, you know what I mean, beats mm -hmm. things in a pretty relatively quick amount of time. For him to be able to throw up game states that I only have to click one button and then I'm where he's at and I get to try myself, my skills against his, I love that idea. That's cool. Or the ability to have people play with us. How cool would it be if in Twitch you had a single button press, a queue system that sets up without you having to do anything and then they could just join us on the division? They don't have to do anything. They click one button, boom. As soon as you get to the next loading screen or stopping point, they just magically appear in your game. They didn't have to install anything. You didn't have to do anything on your part to invite them to your group or anything. It just magically works. Yep. That's cool, man. That's really cool. And, and, and what was... I know, touching back, I, w I think you were in Project Stream. Were you in Project Stream? I did. I did Project um, Stream. You were not, Will. I don't no, think so. I got to see it work once over here. Yeah, and I know I participated in it. Um, had to get that free copy of Odyssey. Yeah, you know, you know what I'm saying. Same. You know That's what, when you know, I signed right up. I didn't even care until they were like, and people who play for an hour. I'm like, I got an hour. <laughs> I an hour for a sixty dollar game, you know. <laughs> and so, like, I remember my experience with Project Stream was very, very awesome. Like, I was surprised at how well. The game streamed how easy it was to access. It was like literally sign in, let me check your connection. Everything looks great. Click play, mm -hmm. and it's boom, beaming it right to you. You know, in of course, one of the concerns that a lot of people have been bringing up, though, we are on very robust internet connections here. Mm. Um, but it, one of the things I do remember, um, especially in our Rocket Bunch community, there were a lot of people talking that had gotten into the service, and I remember one in particular who talked about how he was on a laptop. Like a seven, eight-year-old laptop, it was not top of the line by any stretch of the imagination over a wireless connection, and other than a few hiccups here or there, he was able to play the game fairly well. Which actually bodes well for people like my little sister, who lives up in New York, who can't really afford a gaming rig. Mm -hmm. She's on my old 14-inch Lenovo gaming laptop from forever ago that I gave her, mm -hmm. and I was like, here, you can have this, it'll run well, that's everything you want, you know, go have fun. And imagine being able to just download Chrome, get the controller, and boom, she can now play the division with us. Yeah. That would it's be great. Dope. It's great. And and another thing that I always have to remind myself is that, you know, because I also played uh on a wireless connection on this very laptop at my in-laws. And they have mm -hmm. pretty slow internet, you know, maybe 10, 15 megs or something like that. And uh, I tried it, and there were quite a few hiccups. But one thing I always have to keep into perspective is just because the game is not ideally played for me doesn't mean the vast majority of other people who are either non-gamers or casual gamers are not going to have a perfectly fine experience for what they're willing to accept at a $30 a month subscription fee or whatever it ends yeah. up being. Well, or here's the other thing. What if you link your Uplay account to it and it pulls your games over and you pay 10 bucks a month instead of having to buy all your games, mm. you know, and all that, you're just paying for the service. Yeah. I mean... I would still do that. I would tell you, yeah. that's what Shadow did. 
the, yeah. the shadow service worked that way. You where just you sign into your accounts. You sign into your accounts, and then you can play your games on their machines or so, whatever. And I was like, when you factor in how often you have to upgrade your machine, it's like, it's a no-brainer. Even at like 30, 40 bucks a month, you're saving money on the long run. Like, yeah. I, it's it's really hard to get to that point where you're like, okay, this is too expensive. It's like, man, you got a ways to go. My rig was expensive as heck. <laughs> I, I mean, when I put my graphics card and all my other parts in, I'm looking three grand yeah. on mine. And I know one of the big things that a lot of people have talked about, and some of the concerns are connection speeds, because they, I know a, a bunch of people said as soon as they said, oh, you need 25 megabits per second to get the 1080p 60 frames and you're going to have about that much I think there was an interview where uh, Phil Harrison was recorded saying 30 megabits per second for 4K, 4K yeah, 60 frames HDR that's what I heard and a lot of people were like we don't get that we don't why don't we get that and it, what's, what's interesting I want to pull up some numbers here uh, pull up one article here this is from fortune.com this was written back in June 2017 um, article's titled survey says average US internet connection speeds get speedier uh, the one clip that I want to read is, uh, quote, the average internet connection in the United States hit 18.7 megabits per second in the first quarter, 22% faster than a year ago, according to a new report from Akamai Technologies. And then the reason I wanted to read that to kind of get it in perspective. But now this is an article from speedtest.net, which everybody should know those guys here. Um, this is from December of last year based on Q2 and Q3 2018 data uh, some of the numbers there they had 24 over 24 million unique users uh, over 66 million samples that they pulled over 115 million tests and over 3 billion data points that they pulled all this information from and one of the big things they got from that uh, reading a small snippet from this uh, during q2 to q3 2018 the average download speeds over fixed broadband in the u.s was 95 megabits per second Average upload speed was 32 megabits per second. Now, I, I think there's probably need to pull that layer a little bit more. There's a lot of specifics there. Right. But even if I excuse the speedtest.net article, the Fortune article, so two years ago, average speed was 18.7 megabits per so second. So I just shared an article uh, as of 2018, December 12th, mm -hmm. that shows the average speed per state in the union. And to give you an example, Alabama's average is seventy three point two five megabits per second. Okay, like so. and so it, it check the the big one is the Midwest because yeah. I think the the South and the West and the East so, are doing pretty good. What's so, going on in the Midwest? So Missouri ninety four point six four, Iowa seventy one thirty nine, South Dakota eighty two point six five. Nebraska eighty eight point seven four, Kansas ninety nine thirty four, but that's because Google Fiber's out of there. Yeah, so, that's, true. that's where they started. Uh, New Mexico is in the low 70s. Oklahoma's in the almost 80. So, so Louisiana's at 91. Even based on that, it sounds like the speeds are there. It's just reach. The is, slowest is, is, am one. I, am I right in saying that? Maine is the slowest at 50.64 as the average. 60? 50.64. Apparently, according to Phil, you're playing 4K 60. <laughs> buttery smooth and the <laughs> highest of dynamic I, I mean I'm just going to be honest like you know I mean hang on oh I'm sorry Memphis had the slowest as far as cities go Memphis at 45 megabits per second while Laredo Texas yes that's that wild down, that's shocked. download now oh, Laredo download. Texas had oh. the slowest upload at 9 megabits per second 
Luckily, you're downloading. <laughs> oh, wow. But still, uh, up, yeah. well, the upload, you have to communicate with the server on that. Yeah, so as far as... Oh, well, yeah. Let's see. Let's not do 10 entries. I want all, and I want... So, yeah, Kansas City's got the highest mean uh, download. It's Huntsville on this list. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we've got uh, failing faster in chat. Just is bringing up uh, VR and saying that this could be a solution to try and get VR into people's homes yep. because now they don't have to buy a gaming rig in order to make that work. Instead, you could have some sort of contraption um, to be able to plug that into your TV. He puts in the comment only just tuned in, so don't know if you guys mentioned this, but Stadia could be the answer for VR to get big as well, especially if all you need is a headset and a Stadia subscription as the entry point. I'm sure headset prices could be brought down substantially too. Les Inc. of course is agreeing with him on that one. Um, it. I was talking to Will about this before the show earlier. Um, have you guys seen the Oculus Quest? I have only just heard about it because of you. It is um, Oculus mm. fully wireless. Mm. Like no wires on the controllers, none on the headset. It is completely wire free. Is that the one that's internal? All Everything's done internally? I don't. I didn't dig too deep. Yeah. In that. It, it, so the quest is uh, the one where everything's done internally. It's basically like wearing a tablet on your face, more or less. Every all the power oh, and processing is done okay. in the headset. So unlike the HTC Vive that has that wireless tether that you can buy, where it actually will stream wirelessly to your headset from your computer, this is a all-in-one solution. Uh, you will not get the kind of, you know, amazing frame rates and stuff you can get from a PC, but at the same time, you can get a playable experience but for just a couple hundred bucks. This, like you guys are saying, this could be something for VR, because if they could set the Oculus Quest to stream via a, a powerful PC, or even if the Quest had its own Wi-Fi signal and it could pick up the Stadia signal, you could have 4K complete images if the technology, I mean, the technology is there. Um, hmm. Rutu makes a comment in chat VR needs the AAA to devs to embrace it there is zero reason for people to get into VR if the games aren't there Yep, um, that is I, I think that's much bigger your issue than even the cost there, there's no killer app what's there is cool but I don't feel like there's anything that's going to sell it like a Halo on an Xbox I've heard that Beat Saber is pretty dope yeah Mm -hmm. I mean, that's I, I have one, so I've already been sold. Like, oh <laughs> uh, yeah, you want you want the uh, uh, what was that brand? Five uh, HTC. Yeah, mm -hmm. Yep. Anytime you guys want to come over, VR party. What What do you think? Let's get real drunk first. What do you guys think could be, hold the service back? Is there anything that could hold this back from being not necessarily like a smash hit, but like? become easily adoptable for people and I mean, consumers. As with anything, I feel like anything could fail. You know, I mean, if you come up with a price point of sixty nine ninety nine a month, nobody's going to pay that. I don't care if it comes with all the games or not. That's that's way too expensive. I don't do pay you, that much on games as do, it is. Do you guys think um, the controller, the Stadia controller, um, do you guys think that will be something that people will want to buy instead of using their own controls? Because they have said that if any other device except for your TV, you can use your own controller. Mm -hmm. If you're on your TV on Chromecast, you have to have a Stadia controller mm -hmm. in order to use it on there. Um, if it's if it's something where it's just like the Stadia controller, sixty bucks, you pay. Uh, you, let's just say that 
you go in the store and there's a box and the Stadia service is $9.99. There's a bundle for $69.99 with a Stadia controller. You pick it up. Do you pick it up? Yes. I, well, I do, but you didn't get to come over on Friday. I have like 13 controllers. I had them all laid out for game night. <laughs> I was like looking at them and I go, I have a problem, don't I? <laughs> so, so here's the trick. I would buy the controller because it'll link to my TV. Yep. That's why. Me too. If I can just download the the app on my the Chromecast built into my TV, then yes. As far as your other question, um, so Lesink, uh, we do not know the price. They have not announced anything yet. Nope. Look, so I'm uh, I'm with Scotty Allen Day in Twitch chat. Let's get some Pong and Atari games mm-hmm. on, on. Oh no! On bring the all the old Atari games over. I'm cool with it. Bring the SNES, the NES. License them from Nintendo because apparently they're willing to party now. Let's, yeah. Let's make that happen. How about so, that? Um, no, but, so if it goes like the, uh, Xbox Game Pass, where it's nine ninety nine a month, I'm cool, but, you know, if it's 20 bucks a month, I would do it. I was gonna yeah, say, like, what, go 30. what's the, what's the price, for everyone here, for people in chat, what's the price that starts making you feel un, what, uncomfortable that you're not, 30, 30 not is kind of pushing it for me, because Game Pass is 10 bucks a month. Yeah, but, ga- mm. it, but yeah, Game, but Game Pass, Pass isn't the same thing. No, it's not. Uh, my but... thing is the incentive of never having to buy another computer. I'm willing to pay 30 bucks a month and never have to upgrade my computer. Right, again. but here's the thing. With Game Pass, I don't have to buy my computer. I can just play it on my Xbox One. And I'm probably going to get the next Xbox anyway. So I'm really looking at this like if I'm going to buy the next Xbox because I'm a set. At this point, I am bought in on the Microsoft platform between my PC and all the other stuff and they're doing the Xbox game stack they're working on so eventually you'll be able to load your Xbox games on a PC at this point I'm, I'm in so they, to me Stadia has to justify that it's going to be worth their subscription fee or whatever it's going to be because you know there's going to be a fee for using the service hmm? yeah, like I, 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 I Google see, will not do this kind of computing power for free no, I mean, because they're you buying, start playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey, a thirty-second ad's going to come up saying this ad is. <laughs> but, but I would pay to not have ads. I'd pay thirty bucks to get so rid of the ads. Here's the thing. You know what? I would actually be okay with there being like a free version that's supported by like a minute-long ad before you can start playing for an hour, and then it'll pause the game an hour in, another minute ad. It won't pause the game. It won't buzz the game. You're about to finish. Stick your own. If boss. you're playing a single player game, you can. You're yeah. on the final boss, and right before you take your final swing, the game goes up oh, minute <laughs> One minute ad, and you get killed by the boss. Um, There's an achievement if you somehow survive for the minute long ad. You just try to control the game while you watch the ad. <laughs> uh, one to give a shout out. Uh, thank you, BlackRock14 and Scotty Allenday, for following us here on Twitch. We appreciate it. Yes, thank you. Um, let's look in chat here. Uh, da, 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 um, uh, Les Inc. says he's uncomfortable paying above fourteen ninety five a month. I, I I can respect that because if you think about it, how much is Xbox Live a month? I don't have any idea how much is it a month. So it's fifty bucks a Scott, year. Scotty right? Allen Day is it's like look sixty a year. Scotty Allen Day is like give me a roll of quarters in an old school arcade any day. Uh, hey, I'm down with that. Look, when the EMPs hit. <laughs> the only thing they're going to be working. Uh, it's ten bucks a month for Xbox Live. So if you do Xbox Live and Game Pass, it's twenty bucks a month. Mm. If you do the math. And Lessing brings up he, back piggybacking on our point here. Uh, he says in chat, "Well, that makes me realize something. They'll make ads part of the developer API." Yeah. 
Do you, you think they would put ads? You think, I, I guarantee you, because these are the same people that have YouTube, there yeah. will be ads. I, I can almost guarantee the same. It's weird, and I and I don't like the idea. That's why I said I would pay a bit extra to get rid of the ads. But I don't. I would definitely see there being ads. So on. say they charge you say twenty bucks a month, and you can pay an additional ten for no ads. Mm. I, I, I would do it. Would you you because you would still. I think a lot of a month, and then you pay fifteen. A lot of gamers would like believe that if if I'm paying a subscription, I should not see ads, and that's been the case for every subscription model, exception being exception being Hulu. Yeah, because you pay a little bit more to do that. Yeah, Um, but just from from the gamers' consensus, I I, am pretty sure that that's going to be the mentality. Um, you, You guys would be okay if they came out and said. It's nine ninety nine for um, ads, or you can pay fourteen ninety nine and get it ad free. I mean, you're, I already said I'm willing to pay thirty dollars even if there's ads. Like, I want, I will at least give it a shot. I don't know if it'll be a long staying thing, but I just keep having to bring into the fact that I'm not going to have to buy another computer. So that that is the whole thing for me. If if this service does not solve that problem. Then it doesn't matter how many, how much it costs. You know, I mean, if it's five dollars a month, I'm not going to bother with it. If I still have to deal with having a computer and upgrading it every few years, but if I can eliminate ever having to do that again, like right now, I can't get 4K at 60 and HDR. I, I it, that's with a 1070, and you know, I, I paid quite a bit for mine and pay three thousand like yours, but well, I, 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 I wouldn't looking, say mine was cheap. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm looking at my GPU, mm-hmm. which I got when it was like in the eight hundred dollar range. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm looking at my. Five hundred dollars in RAM mm-hmm. because I decided to build an editing rig that could game. Right, and the CPU, the board, everything else, plus storage, plus that almost goes hand in hand. If you build an editing rig, then by by definition, you fall yeah. and right. vice versa. Right, but that's what I'm saying. Like, so because I spent all the money on the 1080 Ti and everything else. Then, uh, yeah, I mean, my computer's going to be good for a while. Like, overclocked, I'm, my 1080 Ti with non-ray tracing still hangs with the 2080 Ti. So, I have no I have no need or reason to upgrade. I think it's kind of dumb that they came out with ray tracing cards, but that's another conversation. That's another problem you were <laughs> Because <laughs> they just did some geek for all of our tech time to talk. <laughs> Um, we are um, definitely going to talk about that next episode because NVIDIA is doing something real dumb. Oh, okay, good, good, good. I like that. I like pieces. Um, what is, do you? Um, well, I didn't actually ask this specifically. Do you, is this a game changer for the gaming industry? Do you think this is like revolutionary, or is this more evolutionary? I think it's the evolution, just because. Like, Sony bought Gaikai to make this happen for PlayStation Now. You can do it on your PlayStation 4 or 4 Pro right now. You know, they're now streaming PS4 games. So, eventually, yes. It will get to the point where your, your Sony little PlayStation thing is a hockey puck you plug in right next to your Apple TV and your Chromecast. The PS10. They'll probably call it the PSX just because they're Sony. Because X don't give it to you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, too bad. Microsoft's already given it to that. <laughs> um... Uh, do you, what do you think, what, Chris? My brain. Uh, I mean, I'm. I would be inclined to say that you know. I also believe that it's evolutionary, but I also feel like it is all about the marketing. 
You know, I mean, you have to come at this at a thousand miles an hour. You have to come at it with billions of dollars. You have to come out with a marketing strategy and you have to come out with a developer retention strategy, all of those different things. So yes, PlayStation Now exists, but I feel like in general, it has a pretty foul taste in most people's mouths. Most people aren't like singing the high praises of PlayStation Now. Stadia, in order to do this right, you're going to have to hit this at a, you know, hit the ground running like you've never hit it before. You're not going to be able to slowly gather speed on this. You're going to have to hit it. People are going to have to be knocking their socks off when they're first playing this thing. Otherwise, they won't be interested. So, you know the Radeon 7 that they just came out with mm -hmm. from AMD? It's like a 13-point-something teraflop card. Mm -hmm. From everything I'm seeing, this is essentially a cut-down Vega version of that. Because the Radeon 7 is just a an upgraded Vega 7 nanometer card. Right. So... From everything I'm seeing, this is literally a custom version of that because it's got 16 gigs of VRAM, right? Or is it 16 gigs of RAM? Um, anyway, the whole thing here, though, is it's going to be running on essentially the latest gen card. And then once, you know, I don't know why they went AMD, honestly, for the data center. Cost uh, effective. Stuff, unless. And also. From a console standpoint, a lot of console developers—they're develop. already on AMD. Um, That's ooh, probably the reason. If they're using, they're using a custom CPU. And I'm sorry, I'm going to be a little like little hardware nerd here. Um, hang on, where is Has it? Has that not happened? I thought that's been happening. No, no. Like um, they're doing a custom x86 uh, processor at 2.7 gigahertz that's hyper-threaded. I wonder if they're using the AMD Epic CPUs. The new uh, AMD server grade chips that they came out with on the seven nanometer scale. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. what I'm talking about. My bet is that's what they're doing because they're up to 64 cores. Mm. Ooh, yeah, that's yeah. Nuts. So that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like it is kind of nuts right now, and I bet you they're either doing that or if they're doing Intel chips, they're literally arguing with Intel over financial uh, decisions to be able to use the name. It, um, Les Ink in chat makes a comment. I fear this is just going to encourage an even faster race. To the bottom for game developers everything is free and only ad-based earnings on pc games but we'll see and there's something we haven't we've talked more on the consumer gaming side um i know we've got a couple of game developers in chat they've been giving their thoughts as well but like what do we think for game developers and content creators like ourselves we you touched on a little bit with mm -hmm. like as far as the streaming um i'm curious how <laughs> i'll tell you i dropped twitch in a hot minute <laughs> Like, I saw this stuff coming through, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, you better, you better figure it out. If you guys are uh, voice recognition software enabled on this, you better figure it out. You should be afraid of this, because I'm telling you right now, if it's that simple to get everything that I want, I'm, I'm sticking on one platform. Actually, RuruTube brought up a good point to what I was just talking about. Intel's having yield problems with their chips to the where they're putting another billion dollars into infrastructure and build in manufacturing i forgot about mm, that so okay. this is more than likely running on an amd epic chip which is going to be awesome okay, okay those chips are dope it because the, the fact if you it, for people out there that are content creators like us or streamers the idea which they didn't really go too much into detail but you talk about some of the features but if there's the idea where i can sit i, I can sit here we're playing a game one week. Instead of me having to worry about, I need to get an octa-core processor and 32 gigs of RAM so I can stream mm -hmm. The Division or Anthem or some of these high-powered games, mm -hmm. I can go open Google Stadia, 
play when you know go into OBS and say capture this window mm -hmm. it streams the game the servers are doing all the processing power I can stream to my viewership and there's a simultaneous 4k stream that's already archiving on the back end mm -hmm. that I can clip and do videos with I don't have to worry about uploading or doing anything like that that is a game changer that's huge for content creators <laughs> if it works that way Apparently, um, uh, Amazon's uh, AWS services are already using the AMD Epic chips. Oh, really? Yeah, that's actually big news. That means they're mm. eating into Intel's game. That's true. I'm surprised I haven't heard of that. It's on AMD's site, man. There's a press release. A lot of people use AWS. Um, yeah. But the, oh, like, from a content creator standpoint, Cam? it's yeah. <laughs> uh, It's That could be a really big game changer. And for game developers, I don't even... My question on that one would be, I just don't know how, from a game development standpoint, you do that. Do you, like, code the game and then send it to Stadia and they make it work? Do you get a, do you add APIs into your game? I think you add APIs because they had the Doom Eternal guys. And they were like, we got this up and running on Stadia okay. within one week. That, 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 that cleared it up for me. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, apparently Alibaba, Alibaba from China, they're already using AMD Epic chips now, too. Oh, God, oh dude, Intel's got to be losing coin right now. Oh, don't, don't, don't get me started on that. <laughs> so, one of the last questions I want to ask on Google Stadia here, and then we'll wrap up this topic. We still have one more to go, guys. Hang with us. Um, what could this mean for future competitors? Looks at Xbox. Because we've talked about on the show before, um, X, Project xCloud is coming up. Uh, last week, they just kind of showed like a quick, ooh, look at me playing Forza on the phone. It Whoa. looked so laggy. It looked so laggy. Oh my gosh, I'm watching it. And she's moving the controller. And you could tell that she knew it was really laggy. Because she's slowly like making her turns like real gently with the controller. And even then it was like a, a solid couple fractions of a second. You know what I mean? In between each, each move. But, but what did you guys think? Does this put Microsoft in the corner with their Project S Cloud? Yes. yes. Well, <laughs> absolutely. No, 100%. Because the big problem my xCloud is doing is they're running the games off of Xbox One S hardware in the server racks. Mm. That's the mm. issue. And that's less than the six teraflops of power that the X has. Yes. So think about that. If you're running them on the One S platform in server racks and Google's saying, that's cute, hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> Microsoft's going to be in a world of hurt. And mm -hmm. I don't like saying that, but it... If that makes them shove, you know, Epic CPUs with AMD Radeon 7s in their servers to make this happen and just make it run X-Stack, then I don't care. Or Xbox Stack or whatever you're calling it. I mean, look, at the end of the day, just make the servers render the games and let us see it with the eyeballs. Because I know the, the big thing that Google has with this is, well, I mean, it depends on what xCloud is because by default, Microsoft has as many screens as Google does. They've got Internet Explorer. Explorer. <laughs> Microsoft Edge. Well, okay, that's that's yeah, better. That's th that's, that's, that's less bio throat. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Um, Windows 10 is on your PC, mm -hmm. so they have PC access. They've got X the Xbox ecosystem, so they can hit your TVs whenever they I want. I mean, they will make an app for your iPhone and your iPad. Oh yeah, um, or your yeah, Android. I, tablet I, I would hope. I would hope that Stadia makes an app too, just because I know that Apple's going to be probably kind of fickle about. All, I'm, all I'm saying is that if Stadia is good and it's a huge success, that would make me look at a Pixel phone. And, and well, and the other thing too, I think Google has way more 
nodes and data centers than I think Microsoft is going to have. Yeah, and so that's like, the concern. Is, but these are two of the largest money they makers are. in the tech game. They are. Is it just an arms race and see like who can throw the most money at this service in order to Which, be I mean, successful? To, to be fair though, you, that's going into comparing Google versus AWS versus Azure at this point because that's what it's really going to be doing. It's going to be comparing the three data center cluster uh, or companies clusters against each other and saying, "All right, who's going to draw first blood?" <laughs> yeah, but I think it's definitely helped Google to get out in front first. Yes, having the announcement that got the the mind share right now. It, uh, it, they do, but at the same time, you know, they what did they really show? They showed their infrastructure. But in terms of partners and what they're going to be able to pull off with game developers and what they're going to cost and all those things, there's so many unknowns that Microsoft, I don't feel, is, is necessarily at a disadvantage no. at this time. Not to mention the fact that, A, Microsoft has been in the game for a while where Google's trying to get in from square one. And B, Microsoft does have their own first party stuff. You know, I mean, they they do own some. They, they oh, just yeah. recently no, no. made a push to have all their own stuff. They're not going to put that on Google service, where Google doesn't have first party publishers, or if they do, they're publishers none of us have ever heard of. So, well, they've got the um, Stadia development team, right? And then they team. may come out with the next killer app, but for the moment, they're an unknown. Where Microsoft has come up with Gears of War, Microsoft has Halo, Microsoft has Forza, Microsoft has a lot of games where it's like it may come down to just who's got the better library of the two. And if that's the case, Microsoft will win in the beginning, but will getting Ubisoft in there and those other third parties make that's a big difference? Because Ubisoft looks like they're already there. Mm. And if that's the case, if that means I can literally using my same purchase uh, for Division 2 on PC, just be like, oh, hey, I just oh, signed yeah. in. If, if, if developers and, came out and said, oh, that PC or Xbox version that you bought, guess what? It also includes Stadia mm -hmm. as well. Uh, or some weird way, because it that also depends on if it's a subscription-based model or if it's a per-game basis mm -hmm. model. Right. I mean, there's a lot, a lot of, of variables, and we don't know yet. And, and that's it, a lot and, of And that's the big thing. I guess, at least for me, I think more so is like, the mind share is that it's on the tech community's tongues that Stadia is first. And so I hope it doesn't come to a point where when Microsoft announces, hey, here's what Project xCloud is, people are like, oh, like Stadia that it got announced two months ago, but also kind of like taking some of that mind share away. And I think having the software will help. Mm -hmm. um, I agree with you definitely there. Um, but I, I'm definitely curious because... Um, Google has said that there's going to be a lot more reveals in the summer. Um, if they if they do, they didn't confirm it, but if they do do something at E3, I think that's the time you definitely announce the price because that has been more consumer-driven. Yeah, I think there was some argument, a little bit of argument back and forth online that people were complaining, like, we didn't get a price, we didn't get, you know, what are the games coming out? And I get that, but also remember this was a conference from game developers. Yes. And all yes. the details they showed was really game developer driven. Right. We just got to see it. Mm -hmm. We just got to see it. And, you know, and the fact they said that we've got more details coming summer and the fact that it's going to be releasing this year, summer E3, literally the stars are aligning for what could be you're at the E3 Expo and Google comes out and says, here are the games that are coming on Stadia. Here's the launch lineup. It's this much money. You can get it on this day. Boom, boom, boom. Um, so we'll definitely see any final thoughts you guys have about Google Stadia? Uh, just uh, chatting back and forth with pedagogy, and it's kind of funny. She's like, they're going to become an ISP? It's like, um, they are. <laughs> but it's... Whoop. 
I'm just looking forward to it. I'm just really looking forward to it. I pretty much, no matter what it costs, I'm going to try it. You know, what I mean, I'll buy a controller. I'll have it laying around the house somewhere. I'll give it a shot and see if I like it or whatever. Would, Even I, if Microsoft comes out with a competitive system, I would like system. to see them do. Regardless of how much this stuff costs, I think something that would be wise for them is a trial, mm. fourteen or thirty days. Mm-hmm. I think that they're going to have great. to. They're going to have to offer a trial because you got to get some kind of buy-in. Now, to be fair though, the Project Stream looked really good. It did. It did. I, I got to give them credit, man. It looked good. And, a ser- and apparently they've, impre- they've in- improved on their um, compression software mm-hmm. as well. So we'll definitely see. Yeah, man. Um, but it was, a, it was a big shakeup. I'm really interested um, in seeing what Google Stadia has to offer. I think other than a few questions, I'm excited about it. Um, but I'm still debating on whether, and we didn't answer this question or talk about it much, like, Am I ready to be in that all digital world, or am I just an old curmudgeon that still wants his physical media? It can. Um, I have a question. Um, when was the last time that your uh, World of Warcraft game came with a disc? Wasn't it a code this last? I mean, time? it's 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 always been a code for a while. No, um, I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like even WoW, the old curmudgeon of MMOs, is going pure digital. You mean the only MMO? <laughs> other um, other MMOs step out and they kill them. Exception. No. Well, no, they did kill Final Fantasy, and it just got a Phoenix down the rest. Um, <laughs> and <clears throat> hang on, EverQuest is still around. They can't kill it. I don't know why people still play it, but <laughs> actually, no, um, not true. Uh, Elder Scrolls Online, and it's actually really good. Okay. You so? I can play with the controller too. That always, that's always nice. Mm. So I run the PC over there, and I'm like, oh yeah. Brr, brr. <laughs> well, let's jump over to topic two here. This was something I wanted. I read this and it was really interesting and I wanted to talk about it. Um, This is about the Epic Game Store. And uh, this was from GameIndustry.biz. Apparently uh, James Batchelor over there, uh, one of the UK editors, got uh, a small little interview uh, with Tim Sweeney, who is the CEO of Epic Game Store. And the title of the article is Epic Game Store is making the industry better, but, quote, gamers don't see that. Um, There, And it's kind of his talks there. Um, let me want to go through, I'm going to read a little bit of this. It's a really long article. I definitely encourage you guys to read it. Um, but I want to bring up some highlights in the parts of the article here. Um, it must have been satisfying for Epic Games to see the PC sales figures for Metro Exodus. The post-apocalyptic shooter was arguably the first major new release for the Epic Game Store and certainly the first high-profile exclusive. The company proudly declared during its GDC keynote that Metro Exodus sold more than 2.5 times the amount its predecessor, Metro Last Light, did through Steam. As we observed earlier this week, there are limits to how much this tells us about how well the store has been established, but at the very least, it proves Epic is doing something right. In fact, CEO Tim Sweeney tells us the game performed, quote, way beyond our expectations. Quote, Hmm. A critical challenge from the beginning has been looking at projects on Steam and asking how can we achieve those levels of success on our store, he says. Quote, Metro Exodus far exceeded even Steam projection in sales, and this really proves that it's about the games, not the stores. But for some reason in the PC gaming community, it is very much about the stores. Metro Exodus' ex- Metro Exodus's exclusivity deal provoked the ire of devoted Steam fans who have complained and even resorted to the usual tactic of rebombing. Blah, blah, blah. Skip another topic there. Um, um, when asked for his take on these reactions, 
Sweeney reiterated the aim of the Epic Game Store is, quote, breaking the 70-30 stranglehold that's pervaded the industry for more than a decade, end quote, and that its methods in doing so were never going to please everyone. Quote, changing the way that games are sold is a big disruption to everybody, he says. I understand that. I've personally, I've personally unsubscribed from Netflix twice as their selection of movies changed. But this is a necessary step forward for the game industry if we want to enable developers to invest in building better games. And if we want the savings to ultimately be passed on to gamers in the form of better prices. Quote, ultimately, um, this is about making the industry a better place, starting with the terms available for developers. I understand gamers don't see that. They don't see the hardship of making a payroll and seeing the store suck out 30% of the revenue from it. It can be jarring to see the industry in changing is changing in ways that are typically invisible to us as gamers. Um, there is a whole lot more to this article. That is just a, a very small Cliff Notes version. But I wanted to talk about this kind of epic game store and the fighting backlash. And um, what do you guys think? Like, because I know we didn't really touch on it too much in weeks prior. But like the whole thing about epic game store, they're getting a lot of exclu games exclusively on the system. Um, Metro Exodus was the first one. They've got a, I think I've got another article here from GameStop. Um, for other games, they just announced this week. So the Quantic Dreams slate of games. So um, Heavy Rain, uh, Last Soul, with, uh, uh, what's that game? With, uh, Heavy Rain, Beyond, Beyond Two Souls, and Detroit, Detroit Become Human are coming to PC for the first time. And they're exclusive to the Epic Game Store. Uh, the new game from Obsidian Entertainment, mm -hmm. um, The Outer Worlds, yep. will be exclusive to the Epic Game Store as okay. well. And so, and so they're, um, they're, the Division 2 was exclusive to the Epic Game Store with the exception of it being on the Ubisoft Store mm -hmm. as well. We forgot about that. Um, what, do you, what do you guys think about some of Tim Sweeney's comments? Do you think you agree with them? you not agree with them? Is it only some of them? Do you have your own thoughts on it is kind of... Epic Games fight, basically saying that it's this is for the developers and we're ultimately trying to shake the world up so that we can get these savings to the gamers. Do you think you believe him in that? Do you think it's more so, do you think maybe some of the Steam players have a right or, um, or correct in some of their thinking like, oh, you know, exclusivity is not good for us and for um, the game PC community? Um, PC community, I want you to go ahead and turn around and look at the console peasants, and now you're experiencing what they're experiencing all the time. Mm. I don't want to. Oh wow, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. Yeah, no. Um, as far as I'm concerned, they need to grow up and just download the client if they want the game. I mean, let's be real. We all have an Xbox. We all have a PlayStation. We all have a Switch because there are games on each of those platforms that we want to play. I was, if I had not had a PlayStation, I would have bought one just to play Spider-Man. Like, hands down. Right, but that is a first-party title. That is something totally different than a third-party situation. I'm, I think that as consumers, we have the right to buy games on whatever service that we want to buy games on. If we want them all to be on Steam, put them up on Steam. If you want to be uh, a generous guy and go, hey, I would prefer to do my business on the Epic Game Store because I know that the developer will get more of the money. You should be entitled to do that, too, but you shouldn't be forced to do it. Well, but here's the thing. In that same vein, the developer has 
the right to publish the game on whatever platform they want. If they don't want to list it on PC because of all this garbage, they could just go to the consoles and skip it. I'm not saying that that's a wrong thing for them to do. What I'm saying, though, is as consumers, if you then decide that you're going to boycott games, you have that exact same right to say, yeah. no, I think that I should have the freedom to buy it on whatever thing that I'm makes sure, it easy for me. I think they've talked about as well further in the article that Epic Games, like, to get these exclusive deals, the developers are getting some monetary incentive like here is an envelope with some money in it keep your game i think and i think on the quantic dream games either that one or the outer worlds it's not even a full exclusive it's only for like a year a lot of from them release. for a year um, metro then, is too isn't it i don't i metro is for 12 months yes yeah. um so it's only exclusive for that year and then it unlocks but i think leslie could les inc and some other people in chat agree like will was right like it's this is very much a, a similar vein to how consoles are. Like, if you want to play Mario, guess what? But I, that's different, though. But it's first party. It's, it's totally different. Because that's like Ubisoft. If they said the division will only be available on Uplay, it's different. Because they could just say, yeah, all of Ubisoft games, you got to come to Uplay because that's how we do you things. Would, EA would, does that with a lot of be, their titles. You would mean more I don't, I don't hold that against like, them as much as like I do when Quantic, it's a third party. Like Quantic Dream. If they had their own launcher. Like, if we go back a couple of months ago, Quantum Dream was only available on... Or, um, Detroit Become Human was only available on PlayStation. Mm. So, they're not a first-party studio, but they said, if you want to play Quantum Dream, gotta have a PlayStation 4. Yeah. I, I just think that you are doing a disservice to the consumer. Absolutely. I shouldn't have to buy a PlayStation 4 to play something that you could have put on another platform and chose not to. You know, now again... That's on you. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, it's all about the, my almighty dollar. So if it works out better mathematically for you to put it on a console like the PlayStation 4 and just be like to heck with the other consoles because of the fact that we're getting such a great payout on PlayStation 4, to each his own. And Good it, for you. It, uh, pat on the back. Says, we all got a business to run. But Lessing says in chat, yep, all business math and handshakes behind the scenes. Consumers matter little. Um, and that's definitely one of the big things in this argument between Epic Game Store and kind of what they're trying to do to build this, I guess, build their store up. I guess would be the best way to describe it is, you know, they're making these deals. They're using that Fortnite money to say, hey, you come, here's $100,000. Come be exclusive for us for a year. And here's the other thing, man. The people with uh, that are arguing about Epic Game Store, they're also saying, hey, man, you know what? If you use our uh, game engine, then we take that as well. We eat that percentage. That's a lot of money if it you're is. making a game. I mean, let's just be real, man, because the licensing right per license that you have to pay out to them, and they're saying, no, we'll just eat it if you're going to use our our engine on our platform. That, uh, that okay. is some life-changing money right I play, there. I, I, I play devil's advocate maybe a little bit here with the thought process, and so um, asking you guys the question and everybody in chat and everybody listening, like, if, let's say... Let's say now everybody decides, guess what, games are going to come up everywhere and they're on. They're going to be on Steam and they're going to be on the Epic Game Store. How how does competition come into play? So if Because the big thing is, the Epic Game Store is young. They're not as mature as Steam is going to be. Yeah. If And I think that's probably their play on the exclusivity part is because they know they don't have the features built into the Epic Game Store yet that Steam has. But if you if you come in for the games, boom, you'll come in. If both sit, both stores get the games, 
is it just a services thing that becomes the more competitive part? Do people go in and start looking and say, well, this has better, this has more services than the other one does? I'm going to play it here? Or like, if, it, if it's going to cost me the same amount of money, I'll buy it on the Epic Games Store so the developer gets more coin. See, and I'm the exact opposite. I'm going to play it on whatever is going to benefit me the most as a consumer. Yeah. If that, if, For instance, you know, if the Steam link worked as well as I hoped that it would work, I would prefer to buy it on Steam so that way I could stream it to all the Steam links in the house. Yeah, but the, I have one of those Steam links. Right, but I'm saying conceptually, though, I'm right. going to buy it on Steam because that's ease of use for me. I would prefer to buy things on Steam because that way I know that I have a Steam link in my bedroom and one out in the living room and I can play and, it wherever you know, I want. I have a fix to all of this. Buy it on the Switch. That's the, the, the one. Hey, that's that been my fix for all of this. No, no, but in, in all seriousness, like you guys saw all the indie but, games but on the Switch. But Switch is a great example, though, right? Yeah. I prefer to buy games on the Switch as well when it comes to indie titles because I have that portability of the Switch. Yeah. If the developer wasn't necessarily making the same money on the Switch as they were on the PS4, I personally would still buy on the Switch because I'm doing what works for me. I don't really care about what works for the developer. I obviously hope the two intertwine as much as possible, but at the same time, it's like, no, man, I got to deal with what's best for my life. I got to work for the consumer here. What's going to make it easy and fun for me so that way I don't have to jump through unnecessary hoops? Well, if that's the case, then Steam either needs to evolve or die because I'm tired of that platform. Every time I sign in, it's nothing but garbage everywhere. I would agree with you on that, for yeah. sure. I mean, yeah, Steam yeah. has plenty of problems. So I don't think anybody it, would do that. Would it be something... I know a big one is price. One of the things I always forget about with the Epic Game Store release of Metro Exodus... It was $10 cheaper. It was 10 bucks cheaper. It was 50 bucks, And yet, the because of the split, the developer still got more money... Mm-hmm. Selling it cheaper on the Epic Game Store than if they had sold it through Steam and done the 70-30 split, which is really interesting. Yeah. And so kind of how that back-end and front-end can come into play. Because if I, I, I would put money down if if Exodus came out on both platforms and Steam said 60 and Epic Game Store said 50, I bet you a lot of people would be heading over to 10 bucks. Sure, I'll pocket that. That's, that's tax. I ain't going to pay that. There's actually a similar fight going on right now in the streaming services, from what I understand. Apparently, with your Disney movies, you you cannot buy 4K Disney movies, I guess, on iTunes or Google Play. Because Google and iTunes wanted to be able to try and cut down on prices, and Disney didn't want that. So you can do it on Vudu, but you can't do it on the other two services. The highest you can go is 1080p. Yeah. And you That's know what? I'm still not going to go to Disney for anything other than the Marvel or Star Wars movies. I'm not buying any of their other stuff. See, I'm, I'm a big Disney but guy. But Aladdin so. is coming out. <laughs> yeah, and Aladdin <laughs> can burn <laughs> because it's not... No, Aladdin can burn because it's not Robin Williams. But you have never had a friend I'm, like me. Come on, <laughs> No, I did. He's animated in blue. <laughs> this one's blue, and he's technically animated, but not with the slug. Yeah, but he's also the Fresh Prince. So, I mean, he's already got my money for that. Nothing wrong with that. No, I ain't hating on the Fresh Prince. I'm just saying, he, he already Prince. got my money for uh, streaming some of his albums anyway, so. Um, CSL says, you would jump through hoops for me, right? Puppy dog eyes, Chloe whining. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chloe. Uh, it's my dog for everybody who's <laughs> listening and doesn't know. But it's it's just really interesting. Again, I, I'm going to keep saying it. Read the article. I was... Like man, I, I read the first paragraph, I'm like, I just fell into the article. There's a lot of good detail in here about 
kind of some of his thinking and some of his thoughts, and then some, of course, some of the author's thoughts. Um, it's helped. Um, uh, the world. Da, da, da. Let me read some. I'll, I'll read a couple more excerpts from the article. Uh, with search. Strong support from developers and publishers after the first three months, Epic Games is confident and can win over more partners, even those like EA who are trying to establish their own stores. Quote, the key for them is they want a direct relationship with their customers and a fair share of the revenue from their games, Sweeney says. They build their own ecosystems because they felt they weren't getting the deal they deserved on Steam. Quote, the world deserves lots of stores. It's all very healthy for the industry to see lots of competition on lots of different fronts. Just look at all the gamers who installed Origin for the first time to play Apex Legends. All the Korean gamers who probably installed Steam for the first time to play PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds. Great games drive stores. End quote. It turns out free games also drive stores. As Epic announced its first three offerings, Unknown World Subnautica was downloaded more than 4.5 million times during the two-week promotion, and uh, Slime Rancher is currently on track to beat it. Reading that part there, but that was also another that, that last paragraph quote that around there, kind of deserving a lot of stores. And he brings up a good point. You know, think about when Anthem came out, or when um, Apex Legends came out. How many people went and got Origin hmm? like day one? And those are exclusives and locked to those specific store platforms. Um, in Korea, when PUBG came out, how many people went out and said? Get Steam. Got to download Steam just to play PUBG. I think I think he, he makes a good valid point that get great games drive stores. If you get the software, and that's you'll the have same, that's come the same argument on the console space though, because Halo arguably sells Xboxes. You know, at this point, the next Spider Man will sell the PS Five, guaranteed. The next God of War will sell the PS Five. I think mean, Mario and Zelda sell Nintendo. That's been a big thing for the PlayStation for this life cycle is that. Exclusives. I think, it, like, PlayStation's been hitting it out of the park every time. God of War, Horizon Zero Dawn, Spider-Man, uh, Persona 5, Detroit Become Human. Like, if you're looking at the big three and you want, like, Sony's giving you a reason, like, if you come to our platform, here are the games you get to play. Sony gives platform. you purchase validation. Um, there, and that's been one of the big criticisms on Microsoft, the reason they went and bought Five studios? Five million studios. It's like 12 or 13, I know. But well, no, they're at like 12 to 14 now. It's nuts. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot more now. Um, but he, I think he does make a good point that great games are going to drive people to your storefront. Um, maybe that's to an extent what's... But if you just keep running it that way, it's also a recipe for failure, in my opinion. Because unlike a PlayStation 4, for instance, where when you purchase that, you expect to get X number of years out of worth out of that... When it comes to games like Apex Legends, Apex Legends comes off of the back of Fortnite, which comes off of the back of PUBG. You know what I mean? So it's just like if you're just the flavor of the month or the three months or the six months until the next gigantic mega hit comes out and totally steals your spotlight and then everyone ditches your storefront for another storefront, what have you really gotten out of it? You got some sales of that game, you made some money on your microtransactions or whatever it was, but at the end of the day, if you don't provide a platform that people want to play on, they're not going to stay there. Have you seen my doc? I have them all. Ah, well, I have them all too. I have them all too, it's, but it's, it's just, I. It, what do I go back to though? I always go back to Steam if I can. That's I'm going to be honest though, like things from Ubisoft, I buy from Ubisoft. Me too. Same with Blizzard and all that because I, you know what? There's nothing like giving them 100% of your money instead of 
eighty-eight percent of your money. Mm-hmm. And that's what's very interesting about because it, it's going into that games or services debate. What is keeping a person there? I would, you know, I would say that the PS4, the services are good enough. I would say that they're, they're better than good enough. But I think that Xbox, especially as of late, has been really focusing and nailing their services because of backwards compatibility and because of um, Xbox Game Pass and mm-hmm. things of that nature. Um, but but PS4 is by far the the showrunner this generation because I think because of the um, the exclusives and getting people like that's the entry point and getting in the door. And I think that and it, this is a very there's not a right answer to this, but I think that because if your services are good enough, they don't have to be barn busters. If they're good enough, I think PlayStation, I'm a PlayStation fan, love PlayStation. If there's their services are good enough, and if they're good enough, if you have the exclusives and that's the way to get you in, like Spider-Man, like God of War, people are going to go there and they're just going to deal. And let's, The average consumer. Let's just be real with <clears> it. I have a One X. I have a PS4 Pro. I arguably love my One X over my PS4 Pro, but my PS4 Pro has gotten more use in just time of ownership comparatively because that's where better games are at the moment. And I think that, and even saying that, I think that um, especially in the next generation, there's going to be a shift. I think uh, at least until Sony shows us something, what the hell they're doing over there, because I think that Xbox has got the services. Now that they've lined up all their services in a row, Game Pass, Back and Pat, xCloud, or the hell that is, um, they're going to come out and say, you know, oh, boom, in a couple of years, remember those 14 studios we bought? Here's an exclusive game. Here's an exclusive game. Here's an exclusive game. Boom, boom, boom. And so they're going to do what the, Sony's doing right you've, now. You've got the, but in, in their case, they're going to have the, as long as their services still stay awesome, they're going to have the best of both worlds. And then why do you, why do you leave? You got the service, you got the great games that you, that's, you're there and you're playing and then you've got these great, awesome services on the back end as well to help supplement you. They're better than good enough. They're exemplary. Yeah. Yeah. That anything else you guys have? I got nothing else, man. No. Chris? No. Okay. No. I, I, can we go play Division now? <laughs> <laughs> we can go play Division. I gotta drive home and wake up early in the morning. <laughs> I do have to wait. Yeah, so uh, there won't be much playing for me tonight. Uh, but... Tomorrow there might be some playing for you guys tonight. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining us yep. for episode 131 of the Rocket Punch cast. Uh, great conversations, great talks, a lot of great input from everybody here and everybody in chat. We definitely appreciate it. Um, if you're listening via audio, what do you guys think? Give us your opinions on um, either Google Stadia or the Epic Game Store and kind of that whole backlash debacle thing. Uh, let us know over on our social channels. We greatly appreciate it. Um, also, guys, remember, uh, th- go to head over to rocketpunchgo.com. Uh, that's where you want to go to find all of our content. You want to help support us here on the show. You can follow us here on Twitch. You can um, subscribe to us uh, using your free Twitch Prime sub on Twitch. Or you can even go to patreon.com slash and get some cool stuff and um, for supporting us there as well. Um, we greatly appreciate everybody's time coming out. Um, remember to tune in for us in the stream next week or throughout the week for all the games we're going to be playing. And make sure you tune in to us next week. So until then, toodaloo.